Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Jennifer and Wendy Show on this Tuesday, January the 23rd. Good morning, Wendy. Hello. And good morning, Connor. Good morning. The Royal Banks of Missouri text line is open at 84126. We'd love to hear from you, and I hope everybody is all safe at work or at home or wherever you are today. Of course, we did get a break a bit from the weather today. Uh, Greg Willard will join us in just a few minutes to talk about a couple of things, correct? Correct. He is going to bring us up to speed on the when former President Trump talks about there will be chaos. Is that I mean, is that something that his lawyers would advise him against? It because it almost makes it sound like he would be complicit. So we just wanted Greg to uh, clear up the legality or the legal ease of of those kinds of statements when he says when he says that. Uh, also, he wanted to add something to the Alec Baldwin situation. And uh, I think that's kind of intriguing people because a grand jury has indicted Alec Baldwin. Involuntary and, manslaughter, right. right? Two years after the fact. Right. And ev- I think everybody was thinking that he was in the clear. And I thought, actually, I thought so too. I don't, I don't think he, uh, I don't think he, he is. Um, but we wanted to make it very clear that you, Miss Ohio, were not staying home yesterday oh. because of the roads. <laughs> no. And I think we mentioned that every single time that we came back from a break because it was just, I just thought it was so funny because everybody, it's ice. Ice is very different than I don't snow. like driving on ice. And uh, I had a colonoscopy yesterday and Mark drove me to the hospital early. And Hanley and Olive were really good. You know, because everybody stayed home, which was right. great. Oh, there were lots heavens. of uh, county police out looking at the sidewalks and the little neighborhoods. That was entirely a different story. And then once you get to a hospital, you know, they've been treating that all night. And it was a really packed waiting room. And I thought, if if a doctor doesn't show up after you do this colonoscopy prep, if that's my case, I'm saying, I'm staying here until yeah. somebody does it. I'll wait for a maintenance person to and, do it. <laughs> there were two doctors who didn't show up. Who were unable. And yeah. one of them did some kind of procedures that none of the other doctors could do. But then my doc was late because she was filling in, you know, for another sure. doc who couldn't make sure. it. Um, yeah, that did occur to me. But... Um, but and, so many people stayed off the roads. How was your drive-in? It was it was great. I told Connor because it was we were empty. I mean, the roads were just absolutely empty. I think I passed or saw maybe fifteen cars on my way to work mm-hmm. yesterday, and then going home um, because we had had we'd had Joe since Thursday. Oh, that's right. While they were in Florida, and obviously Maggie and Jake were missing her fiercely. So I thought I would take her home, and just as I was putting her in the car, and we were having, I had backed into the garage because I was so nervous about the driveway. Chris, I had the baby. Chris was behind me, and he he slipped. Oh dear! On the on the, on the driveway, and so um, it it's ter- it's really scary. But just as I was pulling out of the driveway. It started to rain, mm-hmm. and I thought, thank God, because it was still pretty icy at like 1, one o'clock. I, would, it, I probably would have had Mark drive me to work yesterday because I'm terrified of ice and was in a black ice accident. That and, was how you know, it all started, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
you also, and I know you're looking at the text yes, line. Yes, I'm looking at the text line now. But you also had, are we allowed to talk about your very, very big honor on in February? Oh, sure. Let's. I haven't RSVP'd yet. We're RSVPing now. Uh oh, I let's wait. Let's say this. Are you sure? Well, you've, well, you've I been feel honored. rude that I haven't been RSVP'd okay. yet. Well, but, all right, I wanted to wait till. Sorry, you've received an honor. I shouldn't have said yes. anything. Bless you. And Karen Foss. Um, so we'll. Okay, so we'll, we'll just we'll zip it. But she's received a very, very, very lovely honor. But I had to wait till I got to work so I could RSVP, which I have not done yet. Um, so Connor, how are you doing? We'll tie up all our loose ends here. Doing good. We watched the finale, the entirety of season one, True Detective, and then started in on season four with Jodie Foster. How many of you are watching that? Eight, four, one, two, six. How did you like it? I, I loved season one. I mm-hmm. wasn't so sure about the finale. Oh, you because, didn't like it. Well, instead of the implied violence, you know, you saw it. Oh, which okay. I don't, yeah, which I don't was, like. It was some, there was definitely some gore, and that was why. So you totally understood why Chris said, "Okay, I've got to watch The Office." Or yes. you know, it's almost like you want to watch a Disney movie uh, immediately. But what we were, what we were discussing in our pre-show meeting, which you know, it's just <laughs> we we're just gossiping. Yeah, that's that's what we're that's when we're gossiping. But we do say to each other. Is this for the air, on the air, off the air? Right. Is this off the air, on exactly. the air? Exactly. We're very organized gossip. But <laughs> Mike Dorsey pointed out, did you also get that Rust was the son of the ghost who was appearing to... I, I did, and I, I don't like it. You I don't, don't like, like that, that part of it, how no. he grew up in Alaska. No. I did, but it, but, but it went, f- I know this will stun you, Connor. It went flying over my head. You said you had a feeling that it was somehow I just a thought, boy, this sounds familiar. <laughs> just flew right over my head. It just I feels a little bit like too much. Uh, like they're trying too like hard. Like they're trying to go back to the season everyone liked. Yeah, and, I think I, I can see that. Yeah. Well, and they are producers. I didn't realize right. that Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are so producers. Did they produce two and three? They might have, but you know what does that really mean? You know, Executive were they, producer. Were I don't they, know. Were they there? Were they I really were they making decisions, or they were they just kind of help raise money, money for it? That's yeah. what I thought, but maybe, don't really know. Maybe, but um, oh, and then the other thing at the suggestion of some texters after we watched True Detective season four, and it's so heavy and dark, we started watching Louder Milk, which is funny. It's okay. light and funny. It's sort of from a white male, 40-ish point of view. Like Sex in the City. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's like a white male, 40-ish Sex in the City. But I could see where they're using, because we thought that the other show with the guy with three names, Neil Patrick Harris, is that right? Mm. Okay. Was the we gay man, was the Sex, gay in man the city. Sex in the City. It would make sense that they're using <clears throat> these formulas when they have been proven. And then yesterday, before we completely wrap up every loose end... <laughs> Um, American fiction, Connor was prescient to the nth degree because I don't even know if you said it on the air, but you, you yeah, told, I think this was, was after it, the show. I think it was after yeah. the show too. And he said, you know, I watched American fiction. He said, they should be getting a lot of Oscar nominations and they 
did. Oh, now there's a show I haven't watched yet. That's the one it's, with Jeffrey uh, Wright. It's a movie out right now with Jeffrey Wright. Yes. Yeah, with Jeffrey Wright. Oh, it's a movie. Yes. yes. But they, they've, they've received all these Oscar nominations, including Sterling K. Brown. Mm. Uh, who was oh, like, I have he, heard Lynn Venhouse talking about And I'm sure it was this. because of me talking about it. I think it was. It, uh, I'm, just, I'm sorry. I'm just saying. <laughs> there you go. I am saying. Well, I'm telling you, I have not been disappointed uh-uh. yet with Connor's recommendations for no TV shows. No doubt. You know, you may find yourself uh, wanting to find a senior living community for yourself or your parents. And here's one thing you'll find out. A lot of these senior communities are owned by large national companies. And that gives you kind of a corporate feeling, no personal touch. Well, that is the opposite of what has happened for over 30 years at McKnight Place Assisted Living. And the other side of that is with a corporate presence comes, for whatever reason, a lot of turnover. And at McKnight Place Assisted Living, the staff is, they're locked in. They love it there. And they build trust with the residents and the families of the residents so that everybody knows the day-to-day care will be at a very high level. And that gives you peace of mind. I've toured a lot of senior living communities. McKnight Place has luxury apartments, and they're all different sizes for you. Two-bedroom apartments with a range of options for square footage. Each unit has really pretty crown molding, wood-style flooring, kitchens with custom wood cabinets and granite countertops, full-size refrigerators, spacious bathrooms, large windows, which provide a lot of natural light, and nine-foot ceilings. Unbelievable. And they want you to explore more. Just call Leslie, Kelly, or Gretchen today to schedule your tour. That's 314-993-3333. Tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you, and you will receive a special offer. Are you thinking about tax season? Capital Advisory Group can help you. Jeff Zufall is the chief tax strategist and wealth planner at Capital Advisory Group. And he also has a show here on the Big 550 called Keep What's Yours. He's really, really dedicated to helping you keep what's yours, your hard-earned dollars in your pocket, rather than giving them to Uncle Sam. And Jeff Zufall and staff can walk you through everything throughout the year. If you become a client now for next year, They'll keep you abreast of all the tax code changes. They'll keep you organized. And then when tax filing season rolls around, there won't be any panic. Capital Advisory Group also has a full accounting division. So they can take care of you from start to finish. Thinking about retirement, Jeff Zufall always says it is good to plan ahead. And by that, he means a year or two ahead to see if you can even afford to retire. Then they'll start the conversation with you about health care costs in retirement, taxes you'll have to pay how to get your Social Security, and how to make sure that you don't outlive your money. Give Jeff Zufall and his team a call, 636-394-5524. Look them up online, capitaladvisorygrp.com, or listen in to Jeff's show, Keep What's Yours, co-hosted by Josh Gilbert of The Heidi Glaus Show every Saturday at 3, every every other Sunday at 7, right here on The Big 550. You know how important you are at KTRS when you have your own theme music, and (laughs) that is the case with our KTRS legal analyst, Professor, Professor, why am I, I almost called him Professor Ken Warren, uh, (laughs) Professor Greg Willard of St. Louis University's Law School, and our KTRS legal analyst joins us this morning. Uh, We have a few things that we want to talk to him about. Uh, Number one was that... Last week, President Trump was warning of chaos 
and bedlam if states are allowed to drop him from the ballots. Uh, He is also going to update us on the Alec Baldwin situation. Is this legal? Good morning, first of all. And and is this um, legally dicey for a former president, especially one who is still involved in legal proceedings over his place in within an insurrection. Um, but for him to warn of chaos and bedlam sounds complicit, Greg. Well, good morning, first, Wendy, to you and Jennifer and your listeners. Good morning, Greg. Uh, I think um, in this particular instance, the uh, statements of Mr. Trump do not put him into additional criminal jeopardy. I think there's a a pretty bright line. Some of our listeners may think it's lawyerly fuzzy, but I I think it's a pretty bright line uh, in this space, if you will, of speech. Overriding all of it is uh, our friend, the First Amendment to the Constitution, which has enshrined uh, the freedom of speech. If our listeners can think about these issues of of uh, threatening bedlam and, and the like, put them into sort of two categories. The first category is what is sometimes referred to as hate speech. The second category is what is referred to as criminal speech. Hate speech is speech that, uh, pick your descriptive terms, Wendy and Jennifer, vile, gross, disgusting, mean, mean-spirited, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and a significant percentage of our fellow citizens may find that speech offensive in the breach. That speech, no matter how offensive, is protected by the First Amendment. It cannot be prosecuted by a state prosecutor or a federal prosecutor. On the other hand, there is what I referred to as criminal speech. As our regular listeners know, our freedom of speech that we all enjoy is not absolute. There are limits. In this context, the criminal speech can include the crime of incitement to violence, the crime of solicitation to commit violence, and the crime of criminal harassment. Now, in many of those situations, they would fall under the, the hate speech category. But the, what, what crosses the line is to make it criminal speech is the speaker intends to perpetuate and cause violence. The the speaker advocates that violence and has reason to believe that the violence will occur. So what 
with this latest, back to your question, Wendy, this this latest uh, statement by Mr. Trump that if the Supreme Court rules against him on the Colorado ballot case, that there will be bedlam in the streets, I think it is a real stretch for someone to say that that crosses the line to criminal speech. On the other hand, Mr. Trump's words and actions and inactions on January 6th, a jury in Washington, D.C. will consider whether parts of those actions of Mr. Trump that day uh, and actions leading up to that day are criminal. We'll just have to see. But the the comment about bedlam will ensue uh, if he loses in the Supreme Court, I think at most that falls into the hate speech side of the ledger and almost certainly would not, Wendy, fall in the criminal. Regarding the criminal speech, Greg, is it easier to prove incitement or solicitation to commit violence or to criminal harassment? Uh, Usually it's easier to prove the the criminal harassment, uh, Jennifer, and the reason is that uh, that charge usually relates to an individual targeting another individual. Um, and so I think in, in a courtroom, in terms of putting on evidence as a prosecutor, I think that would be a crisper, a more focused, a more direct prosecution, as opposed to incitement to violence or solicitation to commit violence. Those tend to be a much broader swath. And while it's more difficult, it happens every day, there are incitement to violence and solicitation to commit violence trials going on across the country today i'm quite certain but uh, those the the evidence to prove those charges that's a little heavier lift for a prosecutor than uh, her trying to prosecute uh, a, a case against someone for criminal harassment as against an individual person jennifer Professor Willard, if you could hold on, we'll do a little business here. And when we come back, we do want to ask you about the Alec Baldwin case. Be delighted to. And uh, something that is a lot less complicated is the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. And right now, uh, they want you to know about some very special performances for musical fables. This is a feast for the eyes and the ears of every family member and every friend that you have uh, who would also enjoy this lovely, lovely performance at Stiefel Theater. This is going to be January 27th at 7.30 and Sunday, January 28th at 3 p.m. Maestro Stefan Denev will be conducting. Ken Page, St. Louis's own and Broadway star, will be the narrator. They will be performing Albert Roussel's The Spider's Feast, Francis Poulenc's Les Animals, Les Model Animals, rather, and uh, Sergei Prokfiev, the Peter and the Wolf 
live. The concert takes place, as I said, at Stiefel, and they will do the driving. All you have to do is reserve your seat on the St. Louis Symphony Shuttle from Plaza Frontenac or St. Louis Community College Forest Park. The shuttle tickets are $15 per passenger, and they depart 75 minutes prior to the concert. The concert can be purchased as part of the Young Friends membership, but it does have several visual elements. It is built around the stories and fables, with two of them specifically about animals. It is a feast for the eyes and the ears and the soul. The beautiful sounds of St. Louis Symphony Orchestra. SLSO.org for more information. We are chatting with KTRS legal analyst and St. Louis University law professor Greg Willard. And Greg, we want to get to these newest charges against Alec Baldwin, involuntary manslaughter, and this is two years after the fact. Yes, uh, Mr. Baldwin, I, I think, he and and uh, his family and friends thought he was in the clear. Uh, he had previously been charged, um, and those charges had been dismissed. But uh, several days ago, uh, he was indicted on criminal charges arising out of a shooting on the set of the film Rust uh, in 2021. And in which uh, one of the cinematographers uh, was killed. What I, I think the the facts um, are a little unusual in that the operative facts are pretty much uh, uncontested, and that and they are that as they began to film this scene, uh, Mr. Baldwin uh, drew a revolver and pointed it in the direction of the camera and the revolver went off and it had an actual bullet in the chamber and shot and killed this young woman. Uh, Mr. Baldwin, uh, several days ago was uh, indicted, uh, on, uh, two charges down in New Mexico. And the questions that uh, the jury are they're going to have to decide are, um, should Mr. Baldwin have known of the danger of pointing this revolver at this cinematographer? And did he act with willful disregard for her safety and the safety of others? What Mr. Baldwin has said very passionately is that there was a person on the movie set known as an armorer, and it was that person's responsibility to make sure that there were blanks in the gun. And he, Mr. Baldwin, said, well, I was relying on what she told me that there were blanks in the gun. It turned out, obviously, it was not a blank in the gun. The jury then will have to sort that out, Jennifer, as to whether his reliance on the armorer's word uh, that, don't worry, uh, it's only blanks in the gun, uh, or whether um, that was criminal negligence. Secondly, 
Mr. Baldwin was also the producer of this film. So the prosecution may may attempt to establish his criminal liability um, by uh, saying that he, as the producer, committed a criminal act by not making the movie set safer. Um, so the facts, on the one hand, are pretty straightforward, but the legal issues that uh, the jury eventually uh, will have to sort through uh, are uh, are tough ones. The one thing I'm not I'm, I'm not clear of. I was reading that in November a video was released from the set, and it showed Baldwin telling crew members to move out of the way as he prepared to shoot the weapon, which. Then the article goes on to say it establishes he was acting safely at the moment when handling the firearm, but that it also mm-hmm. shows he understood the rules of gun safety and thereby acted without due regard for safety when he shot Halen Hutchins and Joel Souza. I just wondered I'm, if that I'm, if the jury said yeah. I'm glad that you, you brought that up. We don't know whether the grand jury members grand saw jury. that. Uh, because it's it's uh, as we've talked before, grand juries are secret and appropriately so. But I think it is highly likely that the jury at the trial, Jennifer, uh, will will hear that. I think um, there's a there's another aspect that not unique to Baldwin's upcoming criminal trial, but it, it certainly will have a place. Um, in the minds of the jury, and that is a very non-legal phrase, common sense. Right. Many of our listeners are gun owners. Many of our listeners are hunters. I grew up uh, up in the country uh, duck hunting and quail hunting. I had a 16-gauge shotgun. Um, I can assure you that common sense would have told young Greg Willard out in a duck blind that if I'm handed a shotgun, one of the first things I'm going to do is make sure that there is no shell in the chamber. And if my father or my grandfather said, well, Greg, there's no shell in the chamber, even if dad told me that or grandpa told me that, I'd still check because they may be mistaken just because of the safety aspect. So the idea that an actor on a movie set can be told by some armorer, oh, don't worry, Uh, there are are fake bullets. Um, That common sense says to me, Jennifer, that that's not enough. I'm, if if I'm going to be pointing that real weapon at someone, I, I'm going to satisfy myself because I'm the one holding that gun. And the related topic uh, is, particularly in the 21st century, what in the world does a movie producer or a movie set need an actual weapon. Well, and that's a question from one of our texters. Why would there ever be real bullets on a movie set? Well, exactly. And I would, a great question from our texter. And then to take it one step further, 
why do they need a real gun? Can't they simply have a a fake gun and get the sound people to dub in the the gunshot sound? My gosh, they do every <laughs> they do everything else today with CGI and that's the like. true, yeah. But the, but the idea that there has to be a real gun held by an actor pointed directly at a human and that there are bullets in that gun but that that the the the, the bullets in the round are supposed to be blanks and not have the projectile in them and i i, I don't know what there is but again going back to my childhood days up in the country um, if if I'm the person, whether I'm a young boy sitting in a duck blind or whether I'm a Hollywood movie actor on a movie set, if I'm holding an actual gun, that that just immediately ratchets up the level of safety that I am going to deploy, irrespective of this threshold question, what in the world do we have an actual weapon with bullets on a movie set? You can't make this stuff up, Jennifer. Well, and just one last thing before we go, Greg. Mm -hmm. A couple of texters are asking, uh, could the average person who maybe has not been a duck hunter identify a blank round over a live round? I I don't think I could. Are they marked? I I couldn't either. Yes. Yes. They are marked. Well, in a a handgun, I think, yes, you could could see the, the projectile. Uh, as opposed to a blank. Now, with a with a shotgun, if the if the buckshot has been taken out, that that's a little more difficult. But on a handgun, uh, I think uh, to distinguish between a bullet in that revolver and a blank in that revolver, um, it doesn't take much than a preschool education to figure that one out. Professor Greg Willard, you are the best. Thank you so much for joining us, Greg. We look forward to talking to you again in the future. Jennifer and Wendy, as always, great to be with both of you. Stay safe. Okay, take care. You know, it's coming up at 11 o'clock. Lunchtime for some people. May I suggest Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery? It is inside the West County Phillips 66 station in the Clayton Road 141 area. And years ago, Rick and Carol Gross, who are the owners, decided to turn the service bays into a fast, casual restaurant. So you could stop in and get some delicious pulled pork, chicken or brisket, Philly cheese steak sandwich. The newest item on the menu is a sirloin steak wrap with Swiss cheese and sriracha sauce and one side for twelve ninety nine. And the desserts are out of this world. If you walk into the little convenience store right in front of the gas pumps and turn to your right, you'll see a rack, baker's rack, of individually packaged dessert. And we're talking carrot cake, banana cake, crispy peanut butter bars, delicious white chocolate chunk blueberry cake, and more. Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery. They also have a rewards program. So if you go online, threebaybbqandbakery.com and sign up, then you'll get a couple of dollars off every time you go in. It is well worth it. It is delicious home-baked food. You can also call, if you like, 636-227-1208. Maybe you don't feel like getting out of your car. Rick and Carol will have it ready for you. They'll come out to the gas pump and deliver it for you. Three Bay Barbecue and Bakery, Clayton Road and 141. If you stop in, please tell them Jennifer and Wendy sent you. We are coming up on 1052. It is time to talk about Primary Day in New Hampshire with Michelle Franzen, ABC News correspondent. Good morning, Michelle. You're in Manchester, no doubt. 
Good morning. Yes, in Manchester and have been roaming around a little bit at a few polling centers this morning with uh, the polling center in Bedford. Just uh, between 7.30 and 8, the commute time when a lot of people are heading to work, and many of them did a side trip today to go to the polls before they headed off to their jobs. And some voters described that this was their civic duty they felt today. They feel that there's a lot of weight in this election, especially in New Hampshire, the nation's first primary. But suddenly it could be, you know, buttoned up, as some campaigns are saying tonight. The Trump campaign hoping for a win against Haley. Haley, of course, hoping to harness the votes, that undeclared independent vote, which makes up about 300,000 people here in New Hampshire. We would imagine that people in New Hampshire are pretty, you know, play it pretty close to the vest in terms of uh, what their plans are. But have any of them shared with you uh, their their thinking about the uh, the field of candidates? And you would be surprised. A lot of people have uh, made their decision. They're they're talking about it going into the polls. They're saying that they feel democracy is on the line. Others say they want a change of leadership. Some people say it's Trump and only Trump. So it's been a, a mix at uh, at just one polling center. So it's an interesting, interesting day on how it got started. Uh, of course, Donald Trump leads in the polls here in the state. But as an, with an open primary, it really widens Haley's chances of coming within striking distance or perhaps even winning. And she visited the same polling center that I went to earlier today, as well as one in Hampton. And she says it's not, I'm not going to talk about an obituary. She is ready to go forward. And Michelle, how long will you be there in Manchester? And then where do you go next as an ABC News correspondent? We will be here through the duration of the primaries and the results tonight. And tomorrow I'll be here as well doing the, uh, the aftermath of what happened and what's next. Great. Well, maybe we'll get a chance to chat with you again tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining Wendy and me here in St. Louis, Michelle. Thank you. Thanks, Michelle. The Jennifer and Wendy Show is brought to you by BetterHelp, and it is always around this time of year, January 23rd, where many people who made these big, sweeping New Year's Eve resolutions are ready, New Year's resolutions are ready to just throw in the towel. Well, maybe you tackled too much. There could be just one or two small changes that you would like to make in your life that would stick with you. And I'm talking about emotional changes that have to do with your relationship, maybe your relationship with yourself or maybe with others. And that's why we really hope and we urge you to give BetterHelp a try because they have removed virtually every, they've removed every obstacle uh, to therapy. They have designed it by design. It is convenient and flexible and most of all, suited to your schedule, not anybody else's. And that means you don't have a long wait to get in to see a therapist. It means you don't have to drive 50 or 100 miles if you live in an outlying area and there are no therapists there. It means it's at your fingertips. Therapy can really help you find your strengths. Wendy and I are big believers in therapy, so you can ditch these extreme resolutions about all the changes you're going to make at once and make some small change that will really stick. Therapy can help you learn new coping skills that might come in handy uh, in your day-to-day life. And BetterHelp makes it so easy. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get started 
to get matched with a licensed therapist. And then you can switch therapist at any time for no additional cost. And if you decide to do that after you have a session with a therapist, you don't have to tell that therapist. You just go online and say, send me some new profiles and your second session will be with a different therapist until you find the perfect match. Celebrate the progress you've already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash J&W today, and you'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash J-N-W. And uh, in our next hour, of course, we'll talk to Joe Holloman because it is Tuesday, and we'd like to catch up with Joe from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. I know there was a whole lot of football on this weekend, and sometimes I'm in the room with it, and Mark, sometimes I'm not, but there was one part where Mark was mentioning Joe Holloman's name, and that makes me think the Packers lost. They they did indeed. he sounded like you're going to have to console console (laughs) Joe Holloman because something bad is happening here. Was it a close game? Um, It was, and then they missed a field goal, and then they threw an interception, and it was sort of one of those last minute train wrecks that it just, you know, everything fell apart, and it was obvious. And oddly enough, that's what happened with the Bills, too. Missing field goals as a non football person, I think, gosh, the field goal thing must be easy. That's when they kick it, right? Right. Like it looks like it might be easy for a football player, and Mark was telling me it, it. it's not. It's, it's not. not. Yeah, well, it isn't at all. And you don't get any credit when you make them, and then when you miss it, everyone hates you. And it's, how about when it hits the pole? How it, often does that happen? Not that often, but uh, often enough that you see it. And yeah. it makes an awful sound. Yeah. It's just the worst <laughs> to someone. sound. To somebody, oh, depending on which that's team right. you're on. It's, it's elation for some. And, and then the sad thing was when Bass missed the kick, they showed the Buffalo Bills coordinators in the – you know, the suite where they are looking down on the field and all of them were just devastated. And I thought, oh, I hope he doesn't see that little piece of film. Really? He probably did. We are coming up on Top of the Hour News with Steve Potter and more from ABC. We'll be back with the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show after that. This is the Big 550 KTRS St. Louis. Welcome to the second hour of the Jennifer and Wendy show on this Tuesday, January 23rd. It is Tuesday, so it's time to talk to Joe Holloman from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, stltoday.com. And Joe, good morning. And I want to tell you that at one point over the weekend, Mark Jensen called me over to the television set and said, you're going to have to consult Joe Holloman at work. It, it was uh, it was a tough, uh, it was a good game. It was it was a fun game. I would think if you were just a football fan with no rooting interest, it was an exciting game. And uh, sadly, we came up on the short end of the score. Uh, the better team won. So I'm uh, I'm heartened that uh, we we finished the season as we did. The Packers look good toward the end. And uh, you know, it's always that thing is they just get you excited enough to wait till next year. Yeah, wait do you, till next year. Well, so, but you'll watch the Super Bowl, right? And who do you root? I for I was going to ask the team? same thing. Would you? Would you? Do you root for the team that thwarted your team's chances? Uh, well, I mean, uh, personally, uh, I've always liked, especially since they've expanded playoffs. I think that sometimes, I mean, in, in years past. Uh, the Packers wouldn't have been in the playoffs and other teams wouldn't have. I don't see how you can make an argument or as a football fan uh, objectively be opposed to seeing Baltimore play San Francisco in the Super Bowl. They were clearly the best team in each of their conferences. 
So whether you like them or not, to get the best teams into the playoff once your team is gone, um, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I've never had a problem with San Francisco going back to the Joe Montana days. Mm. So I've never had a a real uh, animosity toward the Niners. I also tend to root for NFC teams over AFC teams, depending on who they are. But uh, right now I was – I was kind of hoping Buffalo made it just because they're sort of the team to me that's most like Green Bay, mm-hmm. kind of that working man's cold weather. Those cities <laughs> live, breathe, and eat those two teams. I mean, there's nothing more in Buffalo that means more than the Bills. You know, I, yeah. I know they have <clears throat> hockey, but it's all about the Buffalo Bills. So I was kind of rooting for them. Uh, I got to tell you, with the with the Chiefs and the Ravens in there, I could really care less who won or lost that game. <laughs> uh, uh, probably root for the Chiefs uh, over Baltimore, but probably won't root at all. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll look at the betting line. I'll look at the point spreads. And if I have any rooting interest, it will come from that, not that there's some inherent love or hate for any of those teams that are left. So, well, Joe- uh, you know, the Cowboys are out of it. You know, so that was uh, the Cowboys are like the Chicago Cubs for me Mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to the NFL. So uh, it was it was it was a decent season. We could have done better, could have done a whole lot worse. And it seems like we have another good quarterback uh, to extend the tradition of uh, Green Bay having some of the best uh, quarterbacks in the league. So, well, you know, know. interesting. You mentioned the cold weather and we heard from texters during our really cold snap last week about problems with electric cars. And you have a headline, Josh Hawley slams Biden for pushing electric cars. Yeah. uh, Josh Hawley and the, well, first of all, in the Biden administration, there's no love lost apparently there. And the department of energy has come under Hawley's fire before, but this has to do on uh, programs to uh, promote uh, electric vehicles, uh, which Hawley is opposed to in the sense that he believes that the push to this is hurting American workers, specifically union auto workers. And uh, once again, went back and called up uh, this past summer when, <clears throat> unusually enough, a Republican candidate was out on a picket line supporting union labor versus corporation in that situation and basically is, is saying that uh, uh, if this these electric vehicles with government subsidies uh, are, are what they're going to do is, is eliminate high-paying union jobs and having for less paying uh, uh, non-union jobs uh, and, and pointed to a couple of articles Associated Press saying that Uh, places that make transmissions and all the things that will be eliminated uh, by by electronic electric vehicles, those jobs are just going to go away and that'll be reduced. And there'll probably be some jobs with a government incentive that will start uh, making parts and whatnot for these electric vehicles. And he's saying that all that does is hurts the American worker, the Department of Energy's uh, Policy, obviously, on the other hand, is is that something needs to be done about carbon emissions. And so this is a technology that we have to move with, whether we like it or not. Sort of it's time to look to the future. And there's always the reference to the buggy whip industry. 
or you know, or that it's been said about radio and newspapers. You know, <laughs> right. oh, that's an old technology. We need to get past that, and we don't seem to. They're still here. You know, they've been uh, singing our demise for fifty years now, and it still keeps going on. But uh, so we kind of have this uh, he said, she said set up between Holly and the uh, and the uh, Biden administration for. For reasons that that are both, I mean, it's an arguable point uh, that uh, Senator Hawley makes, as it is for the Department of Energy. It's not an easy one side is obviously all right and one side is obviously all wrong. It is an issue to be determined or, or to be discussed as to what happens when the government sort of becomes a financial player in one industry, uh, at the detriment of, to another industry. And, and I think that's the point that Mr. Hawley brings up. And I think that's a valid point. So he is a populist now. Yeah. Okay. I, I think he has moved himself to that. Uh, uh, he has tried to uh, put some form or put some shape to the notion, and he said it before, that the Republican Party is actually the working class party now. And again, now this is something that people, the first knee-jerk reaction to that is, oh, obviously not. We all know the Democrats are, are the working man's party. And it's kind of one of those things that's been said for decade upon decade. But I think it's one of those things that's said where the facts sometimes show a different story. Going all the way back to the Reagan administration, Ronald Reagan as a Republican took a whole bunch of organized labor vote with him. Mm-hmm. And when you look at Missouri – uh, which is twice, not once, but twice defeated white right-to-work rules, is a generally Republican state. When you look at how Missouri votes in presidential elections, gubernatorial, U.S. Senate races, it is a red state. It is a Republican state, but it somehow also manages to defeat pro-corporation, anti-union measures. So I think there is some validity when Hawley says that Republicans are representing more of the quote-unquote working class than Democrats sometimes do. And I think that's also a valid point to argue. Now, the problem is, 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 is for Hawley is to get people to believe that. And what he has to do and what other Republicans have to do is go out and show that's exactly what we are. And so while it very well may have been sub- symbolic because you're running for election, which is bottom line, let's face it, why a lot of politicians do a lot of things. Uh, I thought it was unusual, at least, to see a Republican show up on a picket line for the UAW, as Hawley did this past summer. So at least to a little bit, he's uh, putting his money where his mouth is. Now, whether or not voters believe it, whether or not it's sincere, those are all things for the public to determine. Which they, which they will in August and November, so which is when the elections come. Um, speaking about right to work, et cetera, do reporters in your union at the St. Louis Post-Dispatch have non-competes if a reporter leaves the St. Louis Post-Dispatch? I mean, is no. there another local newspaper? Yes, as in Kirkwood, Webster Times or something. But do there, you have non-competes? A, no. That, that is something uh, unique to the electronic media, uh, and, and, it, and it's also something that's been challenged you know, a number of times in court uh, right. about the constitutionality of non-compete clauses, but uh, we do not have those. And uh, I, I would 
shudder to think that there is some newspaper guild union out there that's agreeing to one in their contract. But I can't I can't speak for, you know, the entire nation. But no, we do not. Some hair some hair salons have them. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I guess, you know, if if someone signs something, I I I found it unusual. And I don't know when it was when I was first aware of this, but I know it was decades ago and somebody talked about it. it could have been somebody leaving television back in the uh, 70s or 80s or the, a radio station that I listened to before I was even in the industry. And somebody mentioned about how well they have to take six months off. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I left yeah. local news 10 years ago, but we had non-competes then. And Yeah, right. And I mean, and this goes, you know, way back. And I want to say it was probably radio when some favorite DJ left somewhere and there was some sort of and I literally didn't understand how that could be. I know. <laughs> you know, they call it, I thought it would fall under a restraint of trade. It's yeah. like, here's my ability. It, it, it's like telling me that, you know, uh, if, if I'm an electrician, I can't go work for another electrical company because I'm quitting you. I, To me, it doesn't make any sense, but it's certainly a, it's a legal reality that there are non-compete clauses. And uh, I always pay a little bit of attention when I find someone challenging them, because I'm I'm surprised that well, some states I believe have actually outlawed non-compete clauses. I think they have, yeah. Because I don't and, think that I don't think on the network level in TV news they have them at all. Because you see right. a reporter leave one and go to another, but it it is really interesting. Well, Joe, we're running out of time here okay. again. Sorry about your Packers. We love chatting with you. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. It's just time for baseball. Let's go, Cardinals. <laughs> Attaboy. Yeah. Attaboy. Well, you know, one of the new things we have this year is the Jennifer and Wendy Book Club, and we're so excited about it, and we have the St. Louis County Library to thank for that. Do you have a library card? If not, you might really want to get one and check out the library because many, many things have changed. You're not just checking out books. They have a library of things if you are a card holder. It's sort of an unusual collection of non-traditional library materials, and by that we mean musical instruments. So if your young child wants to play the saxophone but you don't want to buy one yet, you could borrow it. Fishing equipment, games, kits, puzzles, and more – All of those are available to check out for free if you have a library card. They also have after-school meals. Operation Food Search provides after-school meals at five St. Louis County library branches, Florissant Valley, Lewis and Clark, Natural Bridge, Prairie Commons, and Weber Road. Those participating branches serve a healthy, light meal, along with activities for kids and teens, Monday through Friday during the school year. The meals must be eaten on site and will be available free of charge for children 5 to 18. And coming this year is a new program series called Explore, and this series will help children and teens discover new interests through things like robotics, yoga, dance, weaving, drawing, music lessons, and more. They just have so much going on at the St. Louis County Library. If you've driven on Lindbergh around Clayton Road, you can see that the headquarters across from Plaza Protnack are being built. They raised the old building. The new one's going up, and they hope to open this summer. So you might want to check that out, too. Rediscover the St. Louis County Library. There is so much that you will fall in love with all over again. slcl.org.
Would you like to go on a KTRS trip to Tuscany on September the 4th? If so, you better call Altair Travel today. We just have two seats left on our trip to spectacular Tuscany. So call Altair Travel at 314-968-9600. These trips are put on by Altair and Colette. And those of you who have joined us, and we have many repeat travelers, know that Colette handles all the details, flights, meals, hotels, sightseeing, and local experiences. And our only job is to have fun. And the past couple of trips, Lori and Maeve from Altair have gone with us. That's who you can ask for when you call Altair. Or you can just ask for anyone and say, I need to sign up for that Tuscany trip on September the 4th. As we usually do, we will unpack only once and have a leisurely seven-night, one-hotel stay in a beautiful resort and spa in Tuscany. So we'll explore local wines. The food, of course, is fantastic. We'll go to Florence. We'll go to Pisa. And one of the great things is they have all these local experiences planned, and we have local guides. But if you just feel like staying at the resort and you don't want to go on one that day, you don't have to. There are lots of choices. The trip is to Tuscany on September the 4th for a week and there are only two spots left so if you are interested in signing up you better give Altair Travel a call today 314-968-9600 that's 314-968-9600 Jennifer and Wendy song of the day and I write the song on the big 550 KTRS I got an email because I'm on a list from Cage the Elephant. And at first I'm like, what? And then I remembered Mark's daughter, who we call baby girl because her name's Alexa. And sorry if I just set off your personal device. Mm -hmm. But she had told me about the group last year. And they have a new album coming out. Uh, But I often wonder what people did before they got into music. And in this group, Mark Schultz is a band member and he worked uh, as a plumber. And he thought, if I don't quit this job back in 2006, I'm I'm never going to do what I think I might be able to do. So he left his work as a plumber, and he worked at a sandwich bar with his brother, Brad Schultz, who had previously worked in telemarketing, not happy with either job. Daniel Teichner had worked at Lowe's, and Jared Champion worked in a pet store. And they formed the band in 2006, Cage the Elephant. And they said they came up with the name because some fan came up. They were in another band and kept saying, Cage the Elephant, Cage the Elephant. And they didn't know what it meant, but like John Carney and Julie Buck and Max Foisy, they said, good band name. (laughs) So here is their song, Trouble, by Cage the Elephant. We were at the table by the window with the view Casting shadows Is Trouble by Cage the Elephant. They do have a new uh, a new song that dropped called Neon Pill and a new album. I just didn't like that, the new song very much. I hear a little like Beatles. Yeah. 
right? Influence uh-huh. there. I, I thought so, too. I have a quote. Uh, Wendy and I both get a Daily Coach, the Daily Coach newsletter, Notes of an Elder. It's a free newsletter you can subscribe to. Here's a quote. I, I, don't, I don't know how I feel about this. People are in constant evolution. The person you meet today will be different tomorrow. Oh, I think we're going to have to pick that up. I think we're going to have to pick that up on the other side of, uh, of of this little break. Is that good or is that scary? I don't know. Yeah, that's really that's really interesting. I can tell you what happens at Miller Furniture. Uh, they are doing the same thing they have been doing uh, for almost one hundred years. So there you go. We can't apply the quote to Miller Furniture. Uh, they have been so proud of being a fourth-generation family-owned business. They have their flagship location in Belleville. Everybody knows where it is. They have their location in Lake St. Louis at the Meadows Shopping Center. Everybody knows where that one is, I hope, because you can see it prominently off the highway. Ellisville off of Manchester Road, very easy to get to, and their brand-new second Metro East location in Fairview Heights, Illinois, which is almost like a small country. (laughs) They have 55,000 square foot warehouse showroom in Fairview Heights. It is absolutely a great place just to spend the afternoon. You will see things that uh, you'll you'll just go from one room to the other and see all of these great ideas. Uh, Miller Furniture carries St. Louis St. Louis's largest selection of furniture made in America. That is really important and of course They are known for their huge selection of exclusive Amish-made furniture. They've been selling furniture for 96 years. So let all of that experience help save you time and money, and you'll find the perfect furniture for your home. We certainly did. Visit MillerFurniture.com to see their selection and learn so much more about them. That's M-U-E-L-L-E-R Furniture.com. We're having house guests later this week and then again a week in February. So you know what I always do? I look around the condo and I say, hmm, I got used to looking at that, but how can I redecorate? And of course, it's not enough time to renovate. I already asked Mark if he could renovate the master bath before, and he said, no, time to redecorate. (laughs) So we head to Encore Consignment Gallery. There are two showrooms now owned by Ronnie Vinton, who is really into art. And it is a great way to get some upscale, gently used furniture, rugs, artwork, or accessories. If you've got to get rid of something before you add something new, why not consign with Encore Consignment Gallery? All you have to do is take pictures of your furniture, rugs, artwork, accessories, send them to photos at EncoreSTL.net. Ronnie and his staff will call you and they'll discuss all the details. They'll stage your items in one of their two showrooms and then you can make way for the upscale, gently used goods that Encore Consignment Gallery carries. They have two locations, Lamp and Lantern Village in Town and Country. The Kirkwood stores at the corner of Manchester and Lindbergh. They have really wonderful brands like Our House and Restoration Hardware. If you're into traditional, they have that. They have some vintage. Again, they have all kinds of artwork and modern. There's something for everyone at Encore Consignment Gallery. So stop in today, Lamp and Lantern Village in Town and Country, or the Kirkwood store at the corner of Manchester and Lindbergh. If you do stop in, please tell them the big 550 sent you. What would we do without Purina? 
ask anyone in an animal shelter or just any dog lover, and you'll see Purina is so important to our local region. And Purina is behind the Coalition for Pet Progress, which is celebrating this Saturday night, Stray's Trivia Night. And Sarah Javier, who is the executive director of the Animal Protective Association of Missouri, joins us on the phone. Sarah, nice to have you back on the Jennifer and Wendy Show. Hello, so glad to join you. Well, tell us about New Gear for the Strays Trivia Night. So this is a really exciting event being hosted by the Coalition for Pet Progress, which is made up of animal welfare organizations across the region. And this event, which is hosted on Saturday night at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, will be raising money for spay and neuter efforts. And I understand Cardinals pitcher Brad Thompson will be there? Yes, as well as sports radio host Anthony Stalter. So we're very excited to have them join us. Tell us what's new at the APA in case we have people in our audience who are interested in volunteering or adopting. So we have so much going on here. We're just coming off of a record year of both adoptions and many other wonderful things happening. As you know, we also are operating the Olivet location which is the St. Louis County Shelter. And we've been doing many, many great things, have had a lot of wonderful volunteers join our efforts and are just really proud of all we've been able to accomplish. When it comes to the importance and getting out the word about spay and neutering, uh, do you feel like you're making progress? It certainly seems like you are. So as a region, we are definitely doing a lot of work in the area of spay and neuter. And this particular event is really going to help us out a lot by raising funds specifically for that. And we're also very excited that several different um, organizations across the St. Louis area will be coming together to do even more spaying and neutering in partnership with the coalition. And Sarah, can you tell our listeners a little bit about the APA's transfer program? Because I know there are shelters in outlying areas that just can't adopt out all their animals. Isn't that correct? So, Across the country, shelters are seeing a huge increase in animals. Um, Part of that is why spay and neuter is so very important. Um, We are hoping through this particular effort to be able to spay and neuter um, approximately 1,000 animals through the coalition and our um, collaborative efforts with all of the different organizations. And the hope is that that will not only create a healthier pet population, because spay and neutering is so important, but will also reduce the overpopulation and reduce the number of animals coming into the shelters. New Year for the Strays Trivia Night is Saturday, January 27th, 6 p.m. at the Ritz. You can Google New Year for the Strays Trivia Night. And if you'd like more information about the APA, where Sarah Javier is the executive director, just go to apamo.org. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. Jennifer, Wendy, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, You know, it is, can you believe that the month of January is almost over? I mean, in a little over a week, uh, we'll be into February. And if you have not made your dental appointment with Baldwin Dental Care, please be sure to do that because they have a new patient special going on right this minute. You receive a comprehensive exam four x-rays, and an oral cancer screening and a cleaning for only $99. That 
is amazing, and I hope that that will be an incentive for you. They have been brightening the smiles of generations of St. Louisans. Almost 50 years uh, they have been in business. Dr. Kim Simons uh, bought the uh, practice from her father, and they renovated the old Johnny Mac Sporting Goods store on Manchester Road. It is absolutely easy to get to. There is so much parking available. I really love that. When you see the welcome to Baldwin sign, you're practically in the parking lot. You just turn in the parking lot, then you walk through the door, they hand you a comfort menu. When they get to know you, they uh, they tailor make every single appointment to your likes that if if you like a lot of information, uh, they will give you a lot of information. If you like no information, no chit-chat at all, that is exactly what they will do. It all makes for a anxiety-free experience. The phone number is 636-227-2552. That's 636-227-2552. And please be sure to tell them that the girls sent you. Finding the right memory care community can be a daunting task. And how do you choose the right provider for your loved one? You have to look for the experts. And honestly, this takes a village, a village of expert memory care clinicians, a village of highly skilled nurses and staff for every stage of dementia, from assisted living to skilled nursing care. May we suggest Park Provence? Because Park Provence offers the most advanced care available for dementia and Alzheimer's disease, providing a quality of life through programs that nurture the mind, body, and spirit that is absolutely unparalleled. As a skilled nursing memory care community, Park Provence is the trusted, experienced memory care partner for almost 20 years with a well-earned reputation for that unparalleled service. If you've started the search, you'll see that No two memory care communities are the same. Park Provence has fantastic medical care expertise. They have lots of activity programs, music therapy, art therapy. The ambiance is beautiful. The daily living options are great. And they work very hard at person-centered care and making sure that the people who live there stay connected and busy. Park Provence offers the security of a consistent routine while encouraging residents to be physically and mentally active. So call Andrew or Michaela at 314-542-2500 to learn more or to schedule a tour. They would love to help you. Tell them that Jennifer and Wendy sent you and you will receive a special offer. thinking when we were on the road yesterday on the way to the hospital how great it is that so many people can work at home that they heed the warnings from local news about the weather i think it made things much easier for modot and idot and those who had to get out on the road and you were one of them and we were two of them it made it so much easier because there wasn't much traffic i i think you're right i think the the work from home um shift has changed things for people in ways that we could not that we just really could not have imagined i was Um, kind of surprised mark told me that modern day high school had this back in 2010 when his youngest was going to high school that they always had e-learning 
in in Cape. So I don't know if they never had snow days, but that seems like being ahead of the curve. Two thousand ten. Yeah, we are. Uh, we're really fortunate, and I think that um, is is flexible. And I know work from home is a, a different thing, but is flex time. A four one two six. You all are very very plugged in. Um, is is flex time becoming a thing, or is it already a thing? You know, where somebody can they can go into an office and and really kind of make their own hours to their schedule because that you know that's something that you do you do hear about, and that has to be really helpful too. I especially for people with children. Yes. Oh my gosh. I yes. do wonder how that works. Mm-hmm. Let us know if you've ever done flex time. Um, this is this is going to be a difficult story to hear, but it is still something that uh, that really needs to be talked about. Um, it's in USA Today, and it's about a woman named Jacqueline Frosalone. Uh, she did the the DNA testing and found uh, that she she really believed that there had been some kind of confusion. Um, because she learned that she was conceived via an anonymous donor who shares a donor father with 200 siblings. Did you see this story? I have not seen the most recent one. But yeah, but I know that many states are starting to implement laws. We're hearing to more. Yes, yeah, we're hearing more and more about this because that that is that's terrifying, and the the donor. The, the donor's sperm is still being sold today. I don't know how they screen the people who want Mm-mm. to become, become donors, but I learned when I was in social work school that bipolar illness was studied among Amish families because they so rarely marriage out of their commu- marry out of their communities and that they discovered there's a genetic predisposition to bipolar disorder and some other psychiatric disorders. And I know looking at my own family that each generation had some of them. So if you have a donor and 200 people were conceived with this donor and there was some illness that there was a a genetic predisposition, wouldn't you want to know? Especially like if the age of onset is early teens or late teens, early twenties, it would, I think, it would arm the person and and allow them to prevent, get preventative treatment. I, I don't know. Yeah, without question. And in fact, uh, the majority of Frozalone's and it might be Frozalone's uh, siblings uh, that she has connected with since currently or have at one point experienced those medical issues. The same medical issues included, but not limited to. Cyst, she has one on her brain, arrhythmias, anxiety, severe eczema, depression, connective tissue disorders, gastrointestinal issues, OCD and chronic infections, none of none of which were lo, were uh, were listed on the donor's information. Um, so that sound or the the donor's profile, and none according to the siblings are prevalent on their biological mothers side of the family. So that would point back to, that would point back to the donor. But this is, and I remember hearing Guy Phillips talking about these DNA tests. And he said that he thought 
that it could be if I'm and I if if I'm misquoting him, then I, I'll feel terrible. But I just thought he made a great point that when you know you are sending your DNA footprint to strangers. I mean, mm-hmm. you why would we why would we do that? And how could that be uh, used? You know, ill used, if you will. Um, but yeah, it's. I think that and and when I had um, when I had my DNA tested um, because I had just always wanted I'd always been very curious about, you know, my heredity in terms of just like was I biology. Right. Was I Irish? Was I German? Was I what? You know, whatever. I've always considered myself German because my dad and mom uh, were my dad certainly was German. But it was neat to find out that I was Irish. And I when it when it came back, it did occur to me, I thought. What am I asking for? You know, or am I going to get a, a profile like this where I, you know, and um, so fortunately I didn't have any surprises, but a lot of people have. I've been curious about, I think it's 23andMe. Is that the That's test the that most people use? That's the one that this one, that this one used. I used Ancestry.com. Ancestry.com. Uh, from the 314 Our Father documentary on Netflix. Right, and this was uh, very interesting but disgusting. The doctor u- was using his own as a donor for hundreds, and that's the one I think that's the that's been the highest profile mm-hmm. story. But then now they're 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 seeing all of these others um, kind of coming to light, and it is it it is scary. Did you talk about this one in People magazine from January twentieth, where it's sperm donor? Dylan Stone Miller said, I'm the biological father of 97 kids, and that he was surprised. And once he met one, met a little girl who looked at him, he then became an advocate for laws, legal limits on the number of pregnancies that can result from one sperm donor, as yeah. well as the changes. It's a multi billion dollar industry. Uh, and I, I mean, I don't know what a donor is told going into it. But, but this donor said yeah. in college he made a hundred dollars per donation. Yeah, and that's I, I think that's where you get that's where you get into trouble because these 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 kids, young people, uh, are looking for money. You know, a lot of them are, are are looking for you know some kind of fast way to make some some money. Uh, getting back to our previous uh, conversation about flex time, uh, somebody says from the three one four flex time has been a thing for a long time. Um, thank you for letting us know we're not in corporate America. And so, I mean, I don't that it, it, it couldn't be a thing at a media outlet. Um, somebody said I worked nine hours. Is that or twice a day a.m. and p.m. or nine to one twice a day a.m. and p.m. So I could be home in the afternoon until bedtime with my mm. son. That's see, I just think that's really great. Fire every firefighter I've talked to likes the schedule but boy that is a to me they have a rough schedule pharmacists too my former pharmacist who i would see on my way to work at quarter of three a.m would talk to me about his name was andrew how he would get 10 days off but boy they work hard 12-hour shifts overnights for a few days and then get days off and it seems to me like they would always need Two days to recover from the sleep deprivation. Oh, and, and the nurses. I mean, oh, yeah. Did you find anything else besides Irish and German? I'm Irish and German and English, but I don't know the percentages. Irish, um, 
Northern Ireland. Um, oh gosh, what was see, I, I'm kind of curious about this. Northern Ireland. I think there was some. Uh, oh gosh, I'm I'm totally. I always I'm think totally my blanking. Irish side and my German side, as far as personality traits. <laughs> Slam up against one another. The other day, Mark said to me, "Your Germanic is showing." Did he? Well, that's mm-hmm. cute. That is so. That is cute. That's actually very cute. Or not? <laughs> well, yeah. Depending on where he. I mean, it kind of. It could have been in the wrong um, moment. All my Irish relatives are so much fun and spur of the moment, and all my German relatives, and I'm both of these things, are more okay rigid. I was fifty uh, percent Ireland and Scotland. Forty-six percent England, Wales, and oh. uh, I guess uh, then a little bit of Germanic Euro- Europe and Norway. Mm-hmm. I was actually I was kind of thinking Russian for whatever reason, just because I don't know. I don't, it would I don't be know cool, why. Cool to find out. My grandmother, for whom I was named Eugenia Coakley, was born in Prussia. What a pretty name, Eugenia! Eugenia is my middle name, <gasps> but then she married. A Shanahan and had my mother and my aunt and my uncle. So there's the Irish. This is interesting. From the 314, I have used both Ancestry.com and 23andMe. Both sites gave me very different results. Really? Interesting. Now, wait a minute. That's not supposed to happen, is it? I don't know. We'll have to ask Carol. (laughs) Thank you, everyone, for joining us. John Carney, Julie Buck up next, and we'll be back tomorrow. Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started And before you know